You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We have another week ahead of us and a great episode lined up for The Homeschool Dropout. Today, we have Bree Petty. Bree, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So a little bit of background on Bree. I'm not going to say too much because I want to hand it over to her and she can kind of tell her story. As Bree and I talked, though, I've gotten to know her a little bit and some really fun things she did growing up. Because she was homeschooled, she was able to go to community college at 14 and start taking electives in subjects she was interested in. That kind of led her into going to trade school at 16 to be an esthetician, doing some training on product formulation. And then that led her into working at a kind of a medi spa. Is that right, Brie? Yeah, yeah. We did medical aesthetics for anyone that had, you know, skincare concerns or medical needs in that area. Okay. Okay, great. You started managing that at 17. You became a mother at 21. And then shortly after that, you dove headfirst into Montessori, into homeschooling. You've started homeschool playgroups and co-ops. So you purchased a school in 2020 and are just very involved in homeschooling. And something for listeners, something that's really cool about Bree as well is she was homeschooled. She grew up homeschooled. And now with her own children, she's homeschooling now. So there's just a wealth of perspective there. So we're really excited to be on the show. So I, I gave a little bit of some highlights there, Bree, but why don't you take listeners through your homeschooling experience? How was it for you and what sticks out? Yeah, I had a wonderful experience with homeschooling. I grew up the oldest of five. My dad was self-employed. My mom also worked for the family business, and that provided me with a lot of opportunities in life skills. And then where were you homeschooled? What's your background as far as growing up? Yeah, we're in Southern Oregon. We moved up from Palm Springs when I was about three. My family knew that they wanted to homeschool. And that was just a completely foreign concept in Southern California. Especially California and especially back then. They, homeschool has changed so much now. But back when you and I were being homeschooled, it was very, very foreign, unusual, weird. So I'm curious what kind of led yeah. you into leaning that direction and taking that choice. It was mainly my dad's experience with education. He had a really negative public school experience, and he knew that he couldn't put his kids through that. My dad's a very inquisitive, entrepreneurial spirit, very creative, very driven. And his experience was that that was very squashed in mm. public school. And he wanted us kids to be able to go down paths that we had passions in and not be limited based on the scope and sequence of that school. Okay, so he wanted to kind of free you from the rigor and the, maybe not rigor is the right word, but just the structure and the regiment of everyone learning the same thing at the same time at the same age. It's very, I don't know, I do feel like sometimes in public school, students are all seen as the same and it's very hard for that individuality to express itself. In homeschooling, right. the individual just is the focus, takes over. It's right. I, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, no, and that that's very much the approach that my family took in homeschooling is that they let us guide where the learning happened. And so they would kind of look at us as the roadmap. Okay, what where are this child's interests lay? Where are their passions? Where are their gaps? You know, what are areas that we need to focus on? And that always made us kids also feel very seen and that our needs were met and that 
us as individuals had value. Back then, there weren't a lot of curriculums like there are now. Do you remember your family following any philosophy or was it just your parents and you kids working together to learn? Yeah, my mom is a mass networker. She is like a master (laughs) (laughs) of sourcing information. And if she was not able to find something that met our needs, she would create it. Uh, She was Mm. always reading books. We were at the library constantly, and she would check out just as many books as us kids did. She actually knew about Montessori, the philosophy that we ended up following now, homeschooling my kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember calling her when I discovered Montessori and explaining it to her, and she just started laughing. And she she said, yeah, honey, she's all, that's the philosophy that I based a lot of our homeschooling around. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) How nostalgic for you. You Oh, it was. Rediscovering your childhood. Well, and I think that that's why when I learned about the philosophy, it felt so natural. So so what were some of the things you really loved about your homeschooling experience that really stand out for you? I really loved that it was a family experience. I remember, consciously remember, seeing my parents learn new skills. They always involved us in all of their processes, anything that they were interested in and exploring. My main homeschool experiences aren't sitting with a textbook. My main homeschool memories come from learning how to do taxes in the office with my mom or learning geometry on the construction site with my dad. He would take me into a shop and he taught me how to make biodiesel. And I learned how to run a backhoe and everything was very applicable to the real world. So I never had this question of why do I have to learn this? I can identify with that so well. I remember, I think I was in, was it seventh grade or something? My mom, I was kind of a weird kid, I think. I was obsessed with biology and animals and nature. So my mom bought this biology textbook and I read the whole thing. But as I was reading through that, I would learn about flowers and like the anther and the stamen and the seed pods and all this stuff. And then we lived, fortunately, I mean, I was lucky enough to live on some property growing up. And so I'd go outside in our gardens and see it all. And it was just so relevant. You know, it was real. The textbook. The connection. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It was right there in the backyard. And I think that that's something that homeschooling naturally lends itself and opens doors to so beautifully. In Montessori philosophy, there's this concept of cosmic education, which is the interconnectedness of all things. When you get into a public school, you have everything divided into these arbitrary subjects Mm. uh, that are very abstract and everything's kind of put in its own box. And in homeschooling and in Montessori, those boxes just disappear. I do remember learning something about this when I was younger. And listeners should not quote me on this, but it's what's coming to my mind right now. I think it was somewhat of an outgrowth of the Enlightenment movement and the scientific method where intellectuals and scientists started compartmentalizing knowledge. Here is chemistry. Here is this. Here is history. And it was all disconnected and very isolated, very isolated learning. But truly learning about the scientist teaches you the science as well and their investigative journey and how they thought about the world. And, And so I just felt like I felt that as well in homeschooling, everything bled into everything else. While you were learning math, you were learning history because who came up with this stuff? Someone came up with this. And that was something that made things, like you said, really come alive to where I was internalizing this information because I was interested in it. Mm. I wasn't 
learning it to pass a test. I wasn't learning it because somebody put it on my desk. It was because it was alive and it felt like it mattered. Uh, that excites me so much. I <laughs> I just am remembering how fun it was to learn as a kid. It was so fun. Everything felt so driven by my interests. I wanted to go out and learn stuff and, and I got to. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, I remember um, my dad too. He was he had like a sixth sense for finding museums. We would be on a road trip somewhere for his work because he would always take us on work trips. And we would be driving along and then all of a sudden he would just pull into a museum because he just somehow found it. Oh you know, God. and this was before Google Maps. This was I, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> I can find some weird ones now. But back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they just like came to him. And it's a joke in my family about, you know, our road trips, because, you know, one time he bought an audio book and we were all going to learn Gaelic on this road trip. Oh, my and so God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so I don't know. There was just always this zest for learning and my parents sought out real life experiences. I know not every homeschooling experience is like this, but it's this conversation for reminding me of how much I enjoyed mine. It was so fun to go out there and just learn about the world. So on that note, though, you know, there are some harder aspects of homeschooling. Is there anything that you can remember that was hard that I don't know if you felt different from other kids or you knew that your family was doing something that was unusual? Do you have any memories there? Hmm. Yeah, actually. I think two or three memories come to mind along those lines. The most prominent one is that as I got older, maybe age 12 or so, I really started having this intense craving for collaborative work. Hmm. Not necessarily peers. I had a lot of friends. I was very involved in the community. Girl Scouts, 4-8. I was on a dance team. I played softball. I played soccer. So there, there was a lot of friends. I, I never felt isolated. And as a kid, I didn't have the vocabulary to express that what I was craving wasn't friends, even though that's how I verbally expressed it. What mm -hmm. I was craving was collaborative work with peers where we could put our heads together and deeply explore certain topics of interest. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, is this another way to think of that feeling? I and I sometimes as a, an adult, I feel this too. I wanting to belong to something bigger, like just bigger mm -hmm. than me, that mm -hmm. something to me and everyone involved where we were very aligned and unified towards this greater thing. It didn't have to be anything world changing, but it changed my world. You know, I wanted that feeling that I was part of something a little bit bigger than just me. That's exactly it. And I remember also craving the struggle. I wanted to struggle through something with peers, you know, because then you get that camaraderie of, yeah. oh, you remember when we just really had to to solve this problem or remember when that experiment just epically failed and we had to come up with another plan. <laughs> yeah, it's almost trauma bonding. I, I, right, right. I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> when I think of some friends, I'm like, oh, we definitely were trauma bonding there. That's uh, and right, I like tried through fire, you know, like you're, yes. you're learning through that pressure. And you're seen differently in those moments. You're really seeing your weaker sides come out, your vulnerability comes out. And then when you still achieve the goal, it's ah, it, it's so rewarding. So that kind of makes sense. And I think homeschoolers, you, you said a word earlier, isolation. I think there is sometimes a tendency for homeschoolers to isolate, but then you listed a bunch of stuff that your family did to integrate into the community. You're a part of softball leagues, you're a part of sports, you were part of dance groups. And so that isolation wasn't present for you. 
Yeah, no, that that was really not something that I experienced. I know that there are some homeschoolers that have, but that that tends to fall into a different category of homeschoolers. And I think that isolation can be present throughout any kind of education, any kind of religion, any kind of lifestyle. So I, I almost feel like that's a subcategory that kind of just gets attached on to homeschooling. I do think it's somewhat part of the stereotype. And perhaps those are the loudest, the squeakiest wheels within homeschooling, you know, be, because truly there is pain there for some homeschoolers in the isolation. But there, there are simple things families can do, especially now. Homeschooling is so vibrant and alive and there's so many families doing it. You can absolutely find community, co-ops, resources, something in your area. I, oh, I would, yeah. You know, I, it's out there. I'm positive. Yeah, I think that we actually have the opposite problem in this generation where there are so many opportunities, so many classes and clubs and groups that we can quickly have our attentions and our energy spread too thin. And there's a very little homeschooling happening at home. Yeah, I, we kind of talked about this in our last conversation, the analogy of the cobbler's kids don't have shoes. You know, the cobbler's working on everyone's yes. shoes all the time. So his own kids end up going barefoot. And so it's just the irony that you're so focused on homeschooling and those co-ops that sometimes your own homeschooling slips. Yes. I mean, part of the reason many homeschoolers take this path is because they want those long lasting memories and experiences with their families and they want to pour into that family culture. And if you're spending six to eight hours, five days a week outside your home, oh um, it's very difficult to do that. Okay, listeners, a quick word about Audible. As much as I still love reading a physical book, sometimes I just don't have time to sit down and read. That's where Audible comes in for me. I've recently listened to incredible audiobooks like The Power of Habit, The Last Green Valley, and even Harry Potter in Spanish. To get a free 30-day trial of Audible exclusively through the Homeschool Dropout, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the homeschool dropout. That's audibletrial.com forward slash the homeschool dropout. So I'm curious what led you, we're, we're kind of going to back up here a little bit. You were raised with kind of this Montessori informed homeschooling experience. It sounds really rich and very exciting. And then you move into your adult years and you begin investigating homeschooling. I guess I, I have a twofold question. How did you know you wanted to homeschool your own children? And then how did you stumble upon Montessori and feel that that was the right choice for your family? I think the first time I consciously remember deciding that homeschooling was going to be our path was in high school. I knew that if I had kids, that was something that I was going to put every effort into accomplishing because I saw a lot of my friends who went to public school struggle greatly. And I saw the ways that I avoided those traumatic negative experiences as a direct result of my upbringing. And so that was when I, it really hit me that I, I didn't want to subject my kids to that lifestyle. And of course, there, there are positive traumas in a, a person's life to where, you know, they wouldn't be the person that they weren't today if it weren't for sure. X, Y, Z. Right. And it's not too completely avoid challenge in life. It's not that isolation factor that some people slip into as an extreme. It's these are things that hold no benefit to your experience on this earth. And I have a way to help you set on a more positive path. That is 
a very mature, I feel a very mature and conscious thing for a teenager to be thinking. I don't think many teenagers in general are thinking about how they want to raise their kids if they have kids. And then aside from that, a homeschooler whose experience was uh, so beneficial that you were already thinking like, oh, I kind of want to do this with my own children. Yeah. Well, I think another reason that my homeschooling experience was so positive is because there was a wonderful balance of freedom within limits. Okay. I never felt locked into homeschooling. I never felt like I didn't have a choice. My parents, there was a lot of communication in our family to where we were constantly checked in with. How was that for you? How are you feeling about this? Are there any areas that we need to ship for you? And so it was positive because of that factor. When I was probably, I would say 11 or 12, I pushed back hard. Um, I probably still owe my mom some apologies somewhere from around that time. No, we should bring her on. <laughs> right? Have, let her have a go. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, yeah. And and I did. I pushed back really, really hard. And I think part of that was because I was craving that collaboration that mm. wasn't present in our home just because of age differences. And they were my siblings. So there's not the same type of relationship. And my parents responded in the best way I think they could is they said, well, let's find out what you're looking for. Let's find out what you need. And I think this is where my mom's mastery and networking comes into play because she actually found a homeschool hybrid where it was this retired teacher and she had a one house schoolhouse where she had 14 kids. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it was two days a week for three hours. And so we got that collaboration and At the same time, we still had the benefits of homeschool because I was doing the majority of my work at home with my family, but had all these amazing projects and experiences in class. I really love that experience. And what I'm hearing is you were able to mitigate and avoid some. I've talked to homeschoolers who who develop a lot of resentment towards their parents or towards the whole experience. But you were freed from that in a lot of ways, because what I'm hearing is it was truly a collaborative effort between you and your parents. And I think that's very important that I felt the same. I always felt like if I wanted to, I could go to public school. That was always a legitimate real option. And I did take it eventually. You know, I went full time in 10th grade and then I kind of like did a mix here and there. But because I felt deeply involved in my education and that I was choosing it and that I'd support right. at home, at school, you know, whatever we did, my parents just wanted it to be excellent, do it well and go all in and give it your best. And so sounds like you were freed from those potential negative emotions because you were choosing all along the way. Yeah, I would say that that was a huge factor, that that freedom of choice. And then I responsible for my education. I knew that it was not the responsibility of my parents to make me learn. <laughs> it was them who guided me, who provided opportunities, yeah. experiences. And then it was ultimately up to me to run with it. And so if there was any area where I felt like I wasn't learning, they were there to guide me and empower me to do so and find me tools or people or experiences to help in that. I think a lot of homeschoolers can get trapped into thinking you either homeschool or you don't. There's not a lot of gray in between the black and white. I think that my experience was if my mom didn't feel like she could meet a need, she would find someone who could. She didn't have this black and white or inflated ego to where we had to be fully homeschooled. 
that didn't exist. If, if there was a need that was not being met, we found someone who could help meet it. It sounds like your mom was very invested in just providing whatever you needed for your education in the best way that she could. And I think sometimes we underestimate, I feel, and perhaps this is because this is how it worked for me, and I've seen this with some of my siblings, when as kids were allowed to be free and be kids and explore and run around and get dirty and make mistakes and just not be in a room all day, every day, then I think we underestimate how much a teenager can really start taking hold of their education. My parents were never big about schooling. They did not care if we graduated. They did not care if we went to college, but they were very adamant that we were educated and they really wanted us to be educated. And so I didn't graduate from high school. Many of my siblings didn't graduate from high school, but we are thriving in our own spaces, in our own ways, trade schools, tons of trade schools, actually. And then some of us did go to college and, and were in those kind of professions. But my parents didn't care about that. They just wanted us to always be learning, to get our education, to be challenging the way we thought about the world. And if it came with a piece of paper or not, they did not care. Because it's a mindset, right? It's, it's not looking for validation from the world. <laughs> it's looking for this way of life that keeps that that love of learning burning within you yeah, and keeps you questioning. Yes, exactly. Keep you questioning. And there is so, I sometimes get stressed out that I can't learn everything. Like, oh my goodness, I have so that same much. complex. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. I need to stretch out my days because I just can't. Yes, I just bought beehives yesterday. Okay, and cool. my right, just like random, why not? <laughs> and uh, my biggest struggle with it is not that I won't be successful. My biggest struggle is that I cannot cram the information fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I think that's compounded by I know it's available. If I just make time, I, yes, it's out there. I just need yep. to sit down and learn. And yep. and I think that that's that mindset, right? And I think that no matter how your kids get their education, whether it's through public, private, charter, home, you can have that mindset. It's something that you cultivate in yourself, in your own inner growth. I mean, if I can offer like a call to action to the listeners, I would say if you can take one thing away from this, be curious. Whether you decide to homeschool or not, try to aim every day, speak three questions out loud in front of your children that you don't have the answer to. And then let them see you struggle through that process of finding an answer. (laughs) That excites me so much. I distinctly remember the first time I realized my mom did not know everything. And it (laughs) devastated me. I, I was really into dinosaurs. I wanted to be a paleontologist. I had this huge dinosaur phase. And like, I still have an affinity for that one. But anyway, without digressing too much. And we had all these books from the library and I asked my mom a question and she was like, well, I don't know. What does your book say? And I was like, what? I was like, you're <laughs> kidding me. Like, you don't know this. Right. You're Which, not an encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, you are like my source of knowledge. And right? realizing that, oh, what a huge know. moment. It was, I will never forget that. And the way she turned it on me was like, well, f- we'll find it, look in your book and then tell me about it. She wanted to know. It wasn't dismissive. Yeah. It wasn't like a throwaway. She entered that process with me. And like, I think it, it, like you said, it is a lifestyle. I recently had that conversation with a friend of mine. She homeschools her kids now. She was public schooled. And she said that the biggest difference she has noticed between herself and her children is that she doesn't even think to ask questions. 
It never crosses hmm. her mind. She assumes that if she needs to know, the information will be given to her. Ooh, that that's scary. That kind of like spooks me a bit. Yeah. And it, it bothered her too. And she said she recognized it as she began her homeschooling journey. And it's actually taken a conscious effort for her to retrain her brain. Yes, absolutely. My sister-in-law, we actually went to high school together. And so I knew her in high school. I've known her for a long time now. She ended up marrying my brother. Oh, we that's was, great. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is a little bit weird when your friend enters your family like that. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, hold on. What's the relationship I, here now? Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember I came down for Christmas. I was in high school and I looked trashed. I was, you know, I was just a mess. And she was there with my brother. And I was like, this is not the vibe right now. Right? <laughs> you're like, not. I am home. I <laughs> like, can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I had boundaries here and they're gone. Anyway, uh, she's great though. We, we get along really well. But she just in the last couple of years, I, you and I have talked about this. She's a, a pandemic homeschooler. She does have two kids. Right. She's started to realize this is something she's interested in. And she has expressed that she's very good at school, but she's not good at asking questions. And she's not good at challenging right. like preconceived notions and assumptions about the world. And I think that when you homeschool, you are inherently challenging the world around you. You're saying there must be another way. And so it's built in. I think you're like you said, again, it's a lifestyle. You begin to approach everything differently because you don't just accept the status quo. I don't, my family did not simply accept public school as the only way to learn. They said, there must be other options. And we took them. Right. When you homeschool, you're inherently challenging the world around you and just asking a fundamental question. How else can I educate? Right. Yeah. That actually reminds me of the first time I remember experiencing my childhood experience was different than the majority of those around me. I was at a park and this girl asked me what school I went to. And I'm trying to remember, I want to say I was between seven and nine. And I said, oh, I'm homeschooled. And she looked at me like I was a <laughs> fish out of water. And she said, you can do that? So cool. <laughs> it had not even crossed her mind. And it was so profound to her that she actually ran up to her mom without even knowing what homeschooling is. And she said, Mom, I want to be homeschooled. It was so sweet. And that's when I, I realized, okay, this is not something that everyone is aware of. Yeah. And of course, my family knew that. That's why they moved from California is because it wasn't accepted there. It is more difficult to homeschool in some states versus others. And so like, I think that awareness is very important. And it sounds like your parents had that. And so they looked at, you know, where could we really do this in the fullest way possible? Yeah, I distinctly remember. And I think this is something parents should be aware of too. When you homeschool and as your children interact with the world, you are different. I felt different at times. And I was like, oh, this is just like not done. You know, people are not doing this. And so I think that took me some adjustments here and there. I think your, your story is perfect highlighting that when you interact with the world and you're homeschooled, you stick out sometimes. And you just, I think looking back, it was very good for me. But it was difficult sometimes managing that difference and realizing that we were not the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Because there is you do feel different. My experience and this could be personality. I valued that different. I thought that it was a positive. A lot of that probably came from the way my parents talked about homeschooling at home as always a wonderful privilege. Yeah. I had a former guest that she frames it that way, too, where she just feels lucky. And wants her kids to feel lucky that not all families get to do this. But if you want to, you right. to do this. Well, and that's where that mindset comes back in too. Because through my Instagram account, 
and, and mentoring, I talk with people from all over the world. And there are some families that know that this lifestyle would be wonderful for them, but it's illegal in their country. Oh, my goodness. And so that's why I really like to drive the point home that you can be a quote unquote homeschooler and have your children attend school. It's about being involved in their experience and in their education and sparking that curiosity. That's such a good point. I'm reminded that I do have some friends in Canada and as they've you know, I've gotten to know them. They're like, oh, that's absolutely, I think it's illegal in Canada. I'm not sure. It's just very, very uncommon. I think it's just more common. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think that because homeschooling can be challenging for families and does take a lot of resources, your point that I think family culture can drive that homeschooling mindset and that lifestyle, even if you're doing public school. And many of my good friends who were public schooled kind of embrace that a little bit. They are more for lack of a better term, homeschool-minded. You know, yes. That yes. homeschool mind, even though they're at public school. Well, and I think that the opposite can also be true. You can homeschool without having the mindset. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you can <laughs> bring sure. public school into your house uh-huh. and uh-huh. and that can also have negative effects. So yeah. yeah, and that's what my mom did. She didn't know any better. She just really felt like homeschooling was the right move. And so when she started, it was a schedule and they stuck to the schedule. And that was my older siblings. But by the time I came around, she realized that letting go, mm-hmm. as scary as that was for her, allowed her children to just grow. Like I love what you said right there. That is such a huge component of homeschooling. It's letting go. It's It's trusting your children and their innate design to learn about this world. Every child comes here with an interest to learn and grow. They can't avoid it. Montessori called it a horme. And it was just this inner drive to learn. And I see a lot of kids where that has been extinguished in them. Yeah. But it's in all of us from the start. I definitely grew up with that feeling that I just, I have such a conviction there that children, all of us want to learn. It's yes. there and it's natural and it's innate and it's it's alive and you just have to keep it there. And I think letting go, <laughs> I was talking to a friend about how scary it must feel to experiment education on your own children and to take that risk, you know, to just like let go because you can't, time is linear, you can't go back, try again. And so, so maybe, you know, we're kind of wrapping down here a little bit. What advice do you have for new homeschooling families that, are full of fear, they're very nervous, they have a gut feeling that this is the direction to go, but there's trepidation. Yeah, I I think it goes back to that letting go, seeing those fears as flags of places that you need to attune your focus on. Bring those things into your awareness, figure out where they're coming from. Is this coming from childhood? Is this coming from a lack of understanding, a lack of support? Do I need to find a mentor? Do I need to get in contact with a more experienced homeschool mom. I think that community helps relieve our fears because oftentimes they just affirm that we are on the right path. And so it helps us have that confidence that you can do this. You know what I love about what you said and what came to mind is to me, what you're describing is really facing those fears and approaching them and investigating them and and asking questions. And what you're really saying is if you are a homeschool parent, and you feel like this is the right direction and you're full of fear, starting to investigate that fear and ask questions and look and explore 
that is homeschooling. You're starting it <laughs> already. That is the whole process of learning. And so yes. I think once you start tackling that and realizing that, oh, it is doable. There is a way. There is support. There is community. And as you internalize that, your kids will pick up on it. Oh, um, absolutely. They see it. Our kids are so attuned to our inner world, our emotions, our thoughts. And I think that we really take that for granted. And when we start to shift our energy into this new radical form of learning, our kids are going to naturally mm. follow suit there. Fear is just another emotion. It's just another way that we are communicated with. And it can be a positive thing if we don't run from it. Yeah, just take it as, as something that you need to prepare within yourself. In Montessori, that is a huge component of the philosophy is the prepared adult. So if you've decided to homeschool and you have no idea where to start, start preparing yourself. Start working through those fears, those concerns. Unpack your own childhood experience. Yeah. Start yep. journaling. Yeah. Um, yep. And then observe your kids. Like I would not suggest just starting school. Grab a notebook and observe them. Watch them. You can even Google. There's so many things that you can find on how to observe because a lot of people will be like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm watching them. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, what am I supposed okay. to be looking for? <laughs> sure. Okay. But like a critical observation, looking for behavior right. patterns and like interest and latent, you know, curiosities that emerge. Right. And then even, even deeper than that, like what emotions come up for me when I see my child do huh. this? Fascinating. Okay. And you can observe from a lot of different standpoints. I'm not suggesting you do all of that, you know, in one moment. But, you know, today I'm focusing on observing for interest. Today I'm focusing on observing for what comes up for me. I think that's great. Do you yourself, you, you feel very seasoned in your homeschooling, very secure and very, I don't know, very foundational. Do you still struggle with some fears in your homeschooling? Is there anything that comes up there occasionally? Oh, definitely. I would rephrase them as more so daily concerns. Okay. I don't think that I have any fears for the long term. I'm pretty confident that if I continue being connected with my children and following their lead, that they're going to have a great outcome. But yeah, I mean, there there's things on the daily like, oh, was that lesson received well? Or oh, how sure. could I present that information better? And then, of course, sibling things, too. You know, like recently we had this struggle where I was having a really hard time getting one-on-one -on -one reading practice in with the kids. Okay. And I kept trying to kind of, you know, force the the square peg into the cylinder hole, you know, and like trying uh -huh. to make this work. Uh -huh. And then even me as a homeschooler, it dawned on me, wait, I don't have to follow anyone else's plan or schedule. I can make this fit wherever it fits. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think on a previous episode, one guest said she made a comment to a friend that she was going to homeschool. And that friend was like, oh, you're never going to get a break then. And she was like, well, I mean, I'm in charge when I homeschool. I I get to like make the schedule and like build in time if I need that. And so so I think that ties in as well with like, just let go. If the reading's not working, let go. Um, yes. You don't have to force it. Don't force it. And and you can come back around. That's something I love about Montessori is that you come back around to each topic year after year. So if it wasn't understood or grasped, they're going to catch it when you come back around. Mm -hmm. My oldest, for example, strongly resisted fraction work. Like it was like a cat in a shower. Like she nice. was just like not going to have it. After my own um, heart. <laughs> right. So I let it go. I wasn't going to force it because I valued our relationship 
over the lesson. And so when I did that, it took almost a full year. And just this year, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this again. I represented the lesson and it clicked. And she blew through hey. like six or seven lessons in 20 minutes. Oh, I, when it's, uh, we're just not the same. And when you're ready, you're ready and it's there and you go. So <laughs> that's really exciting. I just, hearing about other people loving their learning experience gets me so excited. I, I just, I think I just like it so much when I see other people enjoying that passion. I, I just, I'm glad that your daughter got to do it at her own pace and in her own time. Well, I've kept you far too long, much, much longer than I promised. But I, I'm, I'm just really enjoying the conversation and all that you've had to offer to homeschooling families and parents and giving an idea as to the real day-to-day life of being homeschooled and now homeschooling. Where can I send listeners to learn more about you? You, you said you offer coaching. I don't, I'm not trying to open your door for you, but where can listeners right. go to learn more? Yeah, I'm most active on my Instagram page, which is okay. Kindling Kids underscore okay. homeschool. I also have a blog that you can find linked through that account. I personally do not charge for mentoring or do any kind of Zoom calls. It's just through audio through Instagram because I really enjoy that sense of community and providing that to people that may not have it in their town in person. Okay. So your Instagram page is the best touch point and that's kindling kids underscore homeschool. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so for listeners, I will link to that in, in my show notes page and also as the episode releases and I'll tie to it as well as I release it on my Instagram page as well. So Bree, it's been really fun talking to you. I just, I love what you're doing. I love your approach. And I actually feel like we have ended up with pretty I, you know, we were raised with different homeschooling philosophies, but I think we ended up in a very similar lifestyle approach, seeing the world as, a, as an unlimited place to learn. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk with you. And I really enjoyed getting to reflect on my homeschool experience through this. Well, thank you so much. We will we'll have to stay in touch. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike.